0: Hi, Rav Judy here with Matzachet Avod Parakeh Mishnah Chet. We are continuing along with the theme, the numerical theme, uh, of seven, which is our most recent number. This Mishnah really calls out for a little bit of introduction. The Mishnah itself is somewhat difficult philosophically. It Introduces a series of maladies, but not specific personal maladies, rather troubles that come to the world and to society as a result of specific avirotes, specific transgressions. Now, it's worth noting that in that context, we're not speaking here about individuals. It is way too easy and frankly quite common, but I think philosophically and theologically incorrect to attribute what happens to us to our most recent uh, mitzvot and Averud are transgressions. People will very easily say, oh, because I violated this Mitzvot of Torah or I kept that Mitzvot of Torah, this is what happened to me. In fact, actually, I find that more people say the former than the latter uh, because people are much quicker to assign blame to themselves for things that they did wrong. That's now why they're having trouble. Uh, you know, the, it was a cause and effect from I made a mistake yesterday and therefore I'm having a hard day today. But fewer people necessarily link their good fortune to the mitzvah that they do, which is part of why this is philosophically not quite tenable, because it's not really consistent. But it also is more than frowned upon by Chazal uh, in our tradition, because although the rabbis go to length to try to discuss or envision what might be an explanation for theodicy and bad things happening to good people. In the end, their conclusion in the Gemara and Brachot is that we really just don't know. Uh, We may have reasons, but we can't really attribute which reason applies to which situation or scenario. And as a result, the attempt to say, uh, because I did this, this happened is really a, it's, it's a, it's a questionable claim at best. Is there reward and punishment? There is. Is it necessarily in this world? Not necessarily. And certainly is it quick? Does it happen from one day to the next? Very, very often not. And so I know that this is really speaking about communal issues, and you'll see that all the mitzvot involved here are speaking about when the community does it, not the individual. The second is, I think that the, the Mishnah is making a linkage between certain uh, behaviors and what they indicate. It doesn't necess- does it necessarily mean that that is why this is happening, or giving us something to think about. As the Gemara in Brachot says, that it's one is much better off when something bad happens. Mafashbish consider your actions, self reflect. That's a great opportunity to use this for good. Does it necessarily mean that that's why this happened? Well, not necessarily. And the third that I note is that the Mishnah speaks about the entire society, in many cases, uh, being hurt, is that because there is communal punishment. That's one possibility. Uh, The Gemara in Bavakama, it's around Daf Samach, makes a suggestion that there is individual Hashkacha, individual divine providence that Hashem will get involved in our lives to make things better, or perhaps at times to make things a bit more challenging, but that there are also times when Hashem will allow nature to take its course, or a force of destruction to take its course, and simply not Stand in the way for individuals. In other words, if everyone is going to have a drought, it's not necessarily the case that the one tzaddik person will have a little rain cloud over their field. It doesn't really work like that. Okay, that having all been said, there's a lot more to say, but let's get into the Mishnah itself. Shiva mini mini paraniot in the olam. There are seven kinds of troubles that come to the world. Al shiva gufe for seven different core Aveiro uh, or things that would be communal Aveiro transgressions perhaps. Uh it depends how one would translate that here. Miksatan Masir, Miksatan and a Masrin. If part of the community is taking Maser, tithing. Tithing is money that is set aside, it's a tenth uh, that goes to, in temple times, Kohanim and Levium, to be able, really particularly Levium, let's we'll say that there are other pieces for Kohanim, but it's meant to support those who have dedicated their lives to communal responsibilities. So it's supporting the educational system and the temple system. There's also Maser for the poor. And so this is also for keeping the uh, keeping the poor people sustained. And nowadays, when we treat Maser, we're talking about a tithe intended for, uh, for those in need. Uh, the mitzvah would be to give 10 to 20% of one's income net income after taxes to tzedakah both for causes that help those in need and for causes that sustain Jewish community Jewish learning shuls schools educational programs etc now um so if some people do this and some people don't Rav ba. what ends up happening is you have a famine your know, economic condition that makes things expensive it's a, it's a famine that comes it's a it's a famine that comes from drought what ends up happening is prices go up and some people get by and some people don't so that necessarily then mean that in a time of masser the rich will do well and those who aren't will not. So that's a question among the commentators. It could be that it simply means that not everybody quite suffers the same issues uh, because, measure for measure, some people are are tithing and some people are not. So some people will be hungry and some people will not because that all fits into this picture of some people doing ma'aser and some not. I note that ma'aser is a very interesting mitzvah and I think I may have mentioned this in an earlier Mishnah. It's the only mitzvah that the Gemara twice suggests one is allowed to test God. Tithing, give 10 to 20 percent, and then see that God doesn't, you know, see that God makes it up to you. That the Pasuk says, B'chanuni na please test me with this. Okay, that's the first one. That's the Maser. Now comes Gamr Shalola Let's say the whole community decides we are just not tithing. That's not a thing we're doing, nobody's doing it. Rav It will now not only be drought that causes the famine, but also turmoil, tumult, war, etc. That's going to affect everyone, because in this case, everyone decided not to tithe. Third comes, shaloli tola to challah. If people decide that they're not going to give challah, challah is the, we talk about challah as the braided bread, but what it really comes from is the piece of dough that is taken off and in temple times given to a kohen. Nowadays we burn it because... Kohanim are not Ritually pure They're not taur But if they were It would go to them It's supporting Specifically Kohanim At that point Rav shel ba. That would be An all-consuming famine Now some say That this is In addition to Not having given Maser Because now we're Going further We're not only Not supporting and We're not supporting The poor We're not supporting Kohanim either Others say That it's specifically About chala Which is this Little piece That is given To the Sort of Highest echelons Of temple service And if that's The way that we Are treating the uh, The temple And religious affairs then just forget it. Now the one: endeavor bala olam, pestilence, this would be plague, disease comes to the world, Almitara mitara muro for death penalties that are prescribed by the Torah but are not able to be carried out by the Din, And as a result, people aren't necessarily dying, and so along comes the plague. Now, does that mean that the plague necessarily, one could say it only hits those people who should have died, it's, it's somewhat like a karma, you know, it's, it's coming to them, or no, that now there's plague in the world and it gets to whomever it gets to. It's been given a free hand and unfortunately, because there isn't justice in society. That could be also, in which case it doesn't distinguish between the good people and those who are not as good. Um, so this is mutia Torah, death penalty is mentioned in the Torah that were not given over to beitin, shalom nimsur le beitin. Also, alperot feed for the uh, sale of shmita produce. Shmita produce is meant to be sabbatical year produce, like this year, is meant to be available free in the fields and you can charge a nominal fee for bringing it to market just to pay the workers to bring it to market, but it's meant to be a year in which everyone is equal and no one is poor. Everyone just eats whatever is out there, and so if that's not being kept and now people are being the society is keeping people hungry because only some people are getting it and they're profiting off of it when it doesn't really belong to them that becomes a general plague that hits the whole society finally a sword comes to the world that would be war and violence al inu hadin for corrupt judgment in other words if the, if the justice system is not going to keep the world in in line or in check then there will be chaos and and hurt and violence Al evil had din so indin and Yivodadin are you know two dimensions of this issue of the way that the justice system works. So it could be it's it's pushing off justice. And so if the first one is, and it could be flipped the other way, if if it's one of them is corrupt justice, it is not just the other one is delaying it, which is just as bad. If someone's waiting and waiting, waiting years for things to turn out right. The Al and if people teach Torah against the Halacha, meaning they they, again, pervert the halacha and corrupt it in order to say what they wanted to say as opposed to what it actually says. And that leaves both powerful people, connected people, um, or the you know, desires of people leaving the Torah and the judgment as opposed to the judgment coming out as it appropriately should. And this leads to, again, corruption and violence in the world.